Hello and welcome back to Newfound Pod, a bite-sized podcast about Newfoundland. I'm your host, Debbie Wiseman, and this is episode 26. Happy Halloween! Guys, Halloween came up on me really quickly this year. I'm a bit behind in everything, so just this past week, I saw an ad for the Nickel Theater's 48-hour Halloween film challenge. While I don't have time to participate this year, I'm planning on at least trying it next year. Here's Elling Lian to tell you about it. Hello, my name is Elling Lian of the Nickel Independent Film Festival. Coming up on October 26th is our 48-hour horror film challenge, and we're inviting you to take part. The rules are simple. You write, shoot, and edit a horror short film of five minutes or less over 48 hours. That's from Friday at 8 p.m. to Sunday at 8 p.m. It's free to take part, and 20 teams have already signed up at nickelfestival.com. The completed films will have their world premiere at at a screening just two days later at Spirit of Newfoundland's Masonic Temple on October 30th. Find out more at nickelfestival.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash nickelfilmfestival. Happy Halloween and happy filmmaking! Friends, today I have a couple of scary tales for you. First up is the story of Foran's Hotel. And hope I'm saying that correctly, Foran. Foran's Hotel was located on Water Street, where the Canada Post building currently is. It was built in the 1800s by businessman John Foran. Business was good for companies who provided accommodations at the time, and the Foran was no exception. The law began to change late one night, though. Guests began to report a loud, persistent knocking noise that kept them awake. The noise was investigated and appeared to be coming from one room in the top floor of the hotel. The room was found empty, and though it was thoroughly searched, no source could be found for the odd knocking. It didn't stop there, though. Three nights in a row, and at the same time each night, guests reported hearing the knocking. At that time, no one wanted to stay in a haunted hotel. These days, the friend would probably be rolling the money. But back then, business suffered, and the staff put a plan in place to try and figure this out. They had guards outside the doors of the room, and on that fourth night, the time came and went, and no knocking was heard. Wanting to be better safe than sorry, the staff closed the room off to the public, and fears eventually faded. Months later, a gentleman came to the hotel wanting a room for the night. The hotel was full, well, except for that troublesome room. Instead of sending him elsewhere for the night, the staff decided to put the man in the haunted room. They were amused that someone was finally staying in that room again. Not for long, though, because at midnight that night, everyone in the hotel was once again awoken from sleep by a loud knocking noise that could be heard in every room. The manager went to the man's room, and once he opened the door, the knocking immediately stopped. The guest, however, was dead, and he had a terrible look of fright on his face. His cause of death was said to be internal hemorrhaging. When his body was being removed the next day, the knocking started up, and kept up until the body was off the premises. The man had no identification, and he was buried in a local cemetery. The mysterious man has never been identified. That seemed to be the end of it for a while. The hotel, unfortunately, was torn down and replaced with the first postal building on that site, and then that building was replaced in the 60s by the eyesore we see down there today. People still report hearing ghostly knocks in that building. When I was a kid, we lived near downtown, so me, my sisters, and my mom spent a lot of time down there, and I'm completely serious when I tell you I was terrified of that building. 
I didn't know this story, but there was always something really creepy about it, and it was so drab, and it reminded me, I guess, of death. I guess that's how I would have explained it. I could never wait to get out of there. So, what do you think? Legend has it that phantom knocking can precede a death. Do you think the knocking was for the man who died, or was it for someone else, and death was tricked when the room was closed up the first time? The second story is another popular story here, and it was included in The Book of Newfoundland, edited by Joey Smallwood. It's even been adapted into a novel by Earl Pilgrim. This is the story of Ellen Dower. Ellen and her husband Edward lived in the community of Conch. Edward made his money in the seal industry, and when it was time to go to sea, he brought his son with him along on the trip. Ellen saw the moth and began to count the days when her beloved family would return to her. Sadly, about a week after the ship left Conch, Ellen fell ill and passed away just a few hours later. Everyone in town was shocked. She had not been ill before this. Ellen was loved and respected by her community, who took her loss hard. Everyone showed up for the wake, and they remarked how peaceful she looked. The custom at the time was for mourners to stand vigil by the deceased, 24 hours a day, until they were buried. The second night of Ellen's wake, something amazing and terrifying happened. Ellen sighed, and then she sat up, in her coffin. <sighs> Some people ran from the room. Others were so stunned that they just stood there. Ellen turned to them and said, I am tired. I have been far. I have been with Ned. And then she lay back down as if nothing had happened. And as far as her beloved Ned was concerned, she had been with him. He'd been out at sea when his dear Ellen's ghost had appeared to him. Her love and devotion had brought her there. He left her home right away, convinced that he'd seen a premonition of her death, and he got to see her one last time before she was buried. Edward never went to sea again. So that one, while having a beautiful sentiment about true love, also scared the crap out of me. One of my biggest fears is a person sitting up in their coffin, so much so that I found it hard to go into the room where the coffin even is at a funeral home. Before I say goodbye today, I have a couple of announcements. And they'll be quick. I've joined the Fogbank Audio co-working group. I'll talk more about that in the months to come. You can check out their work at thefogbank.ca. I was interviewed by Gina from Tint of Ink magazine. And you can read that interview at tintofink.com. Or you can check out my site or my social media where I've linked it. And finally, I made some merchandise. The link is on my site and I have merch with my logo on it. I also have the Newfoundland flag filled in with Newfoundland tartan. I also have some shirts, and they say Townie or Bayman. I hope you'll check it out and maybe buy something. Thanks so much for listening today. If you can, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. I'd really appreciate it. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Newfound Pod. The site with all my previous episodes is newfoundpod.com. And you can contact me at newfoundpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much to my supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to support me there, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. You can support me for free by sharing episodes with your friends and followers. Thanks again, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon.